man, I just really want to tell you guys the twist now. <laughs> like, April... <laughs> April, if you just open up Volume 7 and flip a couple pages, you'll probably see what it is. Welcome back to Manga in Your Years. My name is Corey. Hell and April are here with me. Hi. Next song you just heard was Gimme Chocolate by Baby Metal because we have no better ideas about food songs. Should really start to crowdfund these music introductions if there's not. Well, I mean, you guys just didn't want to use Eat It by Weird Al, so. (laughs) (laughs) That was my vote. That was a bad choice. Even though I suggested Weird Al to begin with, I guess back to Yes. <laughs> um, anyway, we are here to talk about, uh, in the first half, is Kitchen Princess by Natsumi Ando and Miyuki Kobayashi. And then the second half is Delicious Sing Dungeon by Ryoko Kui. Um, but first, let's, let's go into Kitchen Princess. I've only read the first six volumes. Uh, April, have you also only read the first six? Yep, yeah, first six. Helen, have you? I have to ask, are you guys emotionally okay then? Because you guys both just binge read through this this afternoon, and this is a very melodramatic shoujo series. I don't know. I don't know if I am. <laughs> uh, I've read the really whole thing for reference. <laughs> okay. There's only ten volumes, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, uh... Yeah, I binged this this afternoon. I started around noon, finished around four or five or something. And there was a lot of emotional whiplash in this series. Uh, <laughs> I guess before we get into it, let's break it down. Uh, Kitchen Princess is about. I've read Delicious and Gungeon in between this, so I guess I've already forgotten the names. Uh, <laughs> That's what Wikipedia is for, Corey. <laughs> look, I'm not. I'm not that prepared for this. Um, I remember it was a weird. Oh, Najika. Najika is the, uh-huh. the main girl's name. Um, and she is an orphan who uh, <coughs> is from Hokkaido. And she goes to this fancy... I thought it was a cooking school, but maybe it's not a cooking school. It's just like a school for gifted people. Like one of them... Oh. One of them is a pianist and one of them does some other stuff. I forget what it was, but, like, they listed a bunch of these accomplishments by people that they've done in the past. Oh, one of them is, like, a basketball star, and then some of them are just bag of cooking, so I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not cooking school straight <laughs> up. Um, but she goes to the school on the recommendation of the uh, chairman of the board, and she uh, just wants to become a pastry chef in the vein of her parents, who tragically passed away in some mysterious accident uh, in the past. And she makes friends with two brothers, one of which is older because she keeps calling him senpai. And his name is I forget. The blonde I think that one or the probably Sora. I think yeah, Sora, Sora is the older. Yeah, Sora is the older one, and then the younger one is called <clears throat> Daichi, and he used to play basketball but doesn't anymore for some reason. And, Corey, we're forgetting the most important bit of this story. Um, Najika had to go to this specific school because when she was young, this 
child. She calls her Flan Prince, rescued her from her depression, and left her with a spoon that came from this school. So she knows if she goes to this school, she'll find her Flan Prince. Yes, of course. She wants to uh, find her one true love, which she, which she, who saved her from a river and drowning and death and stuff, uh, and then gave her Flan and the spoon. <laughs> flan is not that great on the scale of grand desserts honestly i would not sell my love to someone just for a flam <laughs> <laughs> but yes guys this is a very melodramatic shoujo manga it came out oh let me check the dates really fast okay it came out in the 2000s but in some ways like with the art style with the gigantic eyes it reminds me a little more of like 90s style shoujo especially since it's super melodramatic in a way that i feel like we don't see in the licensed shoujo that comes over these days. And if anyone just listened to that and went, no way, the shoujo we get um, from like this and Yen Press is plenty dr- melodramatic these days. You guys have not read Catch and Princess yet. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna say what happens, but like, the thing that happens doesn't really happen anymore. Yeah. That's yeah, I remember true. when I did my sh- shoujo panel at Otakon, I tried to allude to it, but I wasn't sure. I was like, there's no way I could say it's not outright spoiling it. It's just... This manga has a couple of surprising tropes that don't come up much anymore. Thank God. Yep. Which result in, like, April throwing her manga at the wall, apparently, according to Twitter. <laughs> I just uh, was not expecting it at all. I, I really thought that... I knew what the twist was. I thought they had dropped enough hints. I'm like, yeah, I've got this. This, this is fine. And then you, you get to the end of Volume 6, and I just... I really... I'm still trying to process how I feel about it because I literally finished it like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> oh, so, no, so you um, haven't even gotten beyond that yet. Okay, it gets better. No, so. no, I'm, I'm not even beyond that part. So I had, I didn't initially read the series. It's been many, many years ago, I think, when that first Delray volume came out. Um, in the first volume, I thought, like, uh, it's okay, but it's like a little too kiddish. It's too frilly, too happy for me. So reading it now and getting as far as I did, it was not like I just, I was not, not emotionally ready. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay, I will just tell you guys that the twist in the second half of the series gets even better beyond what you guys have read. <laughs> Oh, I, I can tell you. I can tell you guys when we're done recording the podcast, since I don't want to tease the <laughs> listeners too much. But this one is just too much of a spoiler to actually say. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Oh gosh. Like even even saying the comparison, like I want to say, is like no, that's too much spoiler. Can't do that. Yeah. I don't want to. Like if this was in the first volume, I would be like uh, a little more alluding to it. But this is in the fifth, sixth volumes, so I don't want to. I don't want to really get into it. Um. I yeah, like, and it's a it's it's a good twist, so you don't you don't want to ruin that one. <laughs> yeah, and the story is certainly melodramatic in a lot of other ways. Like mm-hmm. uh, Najika's main rival Akane has like a really serious eating disorder early on in the series at like volumes two or three. She has a and, lot of things going on, just in general. Yeah, there's a lot going. on. I did feel like the eating disorder t- um, plotline was actually handled fairly well. I felt like like. The reason Akane got herself into that mental situation worked, and I felt like she came out mm-hmm. of it okay, you know, she's not like this perpetually traumatized middle schooler, high schooler, yeah. however old, this, this traumatized child afterwards, which is good. I think they're 13, 14 years old. I thought they were, she was like just entering high school, but then they said she was 13 when she entered that contest later on, so I'm like, oh, she's probably not in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a story that. It, it likes to have, like, really deep, dark secrets about all the characters, but 
the way that it throws just so many at you at once and also the, like the really girly art style of gigantic eyes and like flowers everywhere makes it a little hard to take seriously <laughs> i think the closest art style i could compare it to is arena tanimura's um who did like mm-hmm. full moon and mm-hmm. um stuff like that that's what it reminds me the most of yeah yeah it's I, very similar to that yeah the art style anyway yeah and i i really was captivated by the manga just right off the bat because of the art style because i got into shoujo manga basically through tanimura and maybe one or two other artists but like uh i have a friend who is heavy into tanimura so she gave me all of her volumes of basically all of her series i guess speed read through a lot of those so my introduction into shoujo manga was largely through Tanamura, so this is kind of like a nostalgia hit in terms of the art style. I gotta ask, which was your first series in? Because Full Moon is like about as melodramatic as this one. Uh, what was my first series? Was Imagoki Tanamura? I don't think so. Mm, I'm gonna have to. Look Phantom Prince, Phantom Thief Jane, then maybe. Uh, that might be it. Because that's also plenty melodramatic by the later parts. You're just going, like, what are these twists anymore? What is going <laughs> on? What was the story about initially? Oh, I think Gentleman's Alliance <laughs> might have been the first one. Ah. She's only 39. Anyway, that's off topic. I'm not going to be that accomplished by 39. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I did read Finn and Thief John. I think I read uh, Time Stranger Kyoko as well. And let's face it, none of us are nearly as accomplished cooks as the kids in this series, which is a little embarrassing, honestly. You have, like, all these 13 and 14-year-olds who are pulling off, like, these really ridiculously complicated meals. Yeah. And um, and then you have um, uh, Najima, <clears throat> who's like, oh, everyone's bullying me, but I'm still going to pull off something really great anyway. I'm going to be Genki about this. I'm going to show my rural roots. <laughs> By the way that she, um, like, just cooks these things and then changes people by it just reminds me, or makes me remember why I, like, food manga so much and i haven't read much of it like i'm pretty sure it's like food wars of this and delicious intention is basically it um but the the way that food is just like so impactful to people and why i like just love trying new foods in different places now and the series comes with recipes it comes for recipes for you to cook on your own there are so many recipes Mm-hmm. Unlike Delicious and Dungeon, which sort of provides a recipe, but it involves ingredients you can't actually get. So, no, uh, yeah. Kitchen yeah. Princess gets more points for recipes you could actually follow. Yep. Yeah, I think this is one of the series where Najika is a little too flat for me. She's a little bit too much of this go-getter, ganky, perpetually optimistic girl. So I actually kind of like some of the side characters a little better, like her rival Akane or... Um, I like Daikichi. I don't usually like the bad boys, quote-unquote, but he just seemed a little more interesting and nuanced than his brother Sora. Yeah, I think I think her being so optimistic might have been initially what turned me off of the series um, a few years ago. Um, I don't necessarily think it's off-putting now, but I definitely think it, it turned me off that I just wasn't really interested in it now i sort of feel like that is the only part of her personality that's going to get her through everything that goes on in the series so (laughs) it'll probably be useful to her Mm -hmm. yeah which is kind of why it reminded me a little bit of um arena tanamura's series since those characters Mm. also really upbeat or even fruits basket where you've got toru who is somehow pulling through like three years of horrible depression just through like sheer personality alone (laughs) Yeah, my first parallel to 
to this uh, was Freaks Basket. Like, uh, Nagika is very much in sort of an Otoru mold, and then Gaichi as the bad boy is Kyo, and Sora as the overachieving pretty boy is Yuki. It, mm. it was very easy to make the connection in my mm-hmm. head. I do like Toru yeah, I definitely a bit more, think- but... I definitely think we've seen her character before. I think the, I wouldn't say it's surprising, but I felt like the bullying was really intense. Like, I guess I should have, from that alone, maybe I should have guessed that it would go um, a few different ways, or there would be a lot of, like, interpersonal issues in the series. But the, the girls in the beginning and throughout the series really, really hate her, and they're violent with her, and it's a little, it's a little surprising. I guess based off what I've seen in, you know, when I read it years ago, but they, they, they definitely don't hold back at all. And she just maintains that same happy personality throughout the, the whole thing. Yep. Yeah. And if I remember right, she doesn't even quite win over some of her classmates by the end. No. In a little bit of a surprising <laughs> yeah. mode that, that it's not like they all come to love and accept her. A lot of them still think she's just this poor upstart who's coming to their rich elite school. Gosh. Yeah. Some of them are kind of flip floppy. Like, I. Ex- when they she did the first resolution where uh, like Akane was bullying her the first time and then everyone was like oh this uh this whatever you make I think it was a cake this cake you make was really good and now we're all friends and I'm like that's too easy and she just started <laughs> getting bullied again and I'm like oh it was too easy making friends is as easy as baking a cake yeah yeah that was really yeah I wish it was that that simple when she had that big the big line of people that like her take up. Oh, great! Now everybody's going to work together, and that is not, not still not no. <laughs> yeah, that definitely makes it feel more like middle school than high school because everyone is like mm-hmm. extra weird and mean in middle school. Like by high school, people are starting to mellow out a little bit, but in middle school, that's when everyone is like, "I don't understand who am I? I'm just going to be a jackass." Yeah, that's that's very true. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know where to go with like where do you what. What else can you say about this one? It's just really, man. <laughs> yeah. Should we have like a the specific... The food looks good. The food guys look good. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we have like a specific spoiler section where we talk briefly about what happens? Gosh. <laughs> well, then I need to spoil you guys on what comes after what you read. So. <laughs> no. Please don't spoil after that. I'm, I've got to finish the whole series. I have to. Like, I can't. I can't let... I'm like, I have to just get the rest. Like, tonight. <laughs> I have to stay at the after we get done. <laughs> I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and see tweets from you being like, oh my god. <laughs> I think it would probably be best if we don't do a spoiler section then, since unless we can talk about the whole series through to the end. All right. Oh, I'm definitely going to like finish it tonight. <laughs> like, I only stopped because we had the podcast. <laughs> right, well, I don't know ahead. why you guys keep letting me pick the manga at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> Because these are good choices. We, they just like us yeah, yeah. internally. <laughs> that was not a good choice. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> well, perhaps next podcast we'll have a, a small spoiler section where we just talk about the full series of Kitchen Princess. This is our follow-up section. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, any closing thoughts before we take a break and go into Galician's Intention? Um, don't let the first volume put you off. But it is uh, melodramatic. It's very mellow. I mean, things change from chapter to chapter, not even volume to volume. So it is very melodramatic. But I feel like um, it's a quick read um, and it's entertaining. So I definitely think it's worth it. And like I said, I will be finishing it within the next um, 
four hours. So <laughs> if that tells you anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it would be my first choice to recommend people for a shoujo series since it is so extreme in some ways. But man, if you can handle this, you're going to have like either no problems at all handling any other shoujo you read, or you're going to think all other shoujo is boring by comparison. (laughs) That's very true. Yeah, so this is perhaps shoujo 201 rather than 101. Um. (laughs) The first line is 101, and then it just escalates. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it is very good. I I enjoy it a lot. Um, You know, hearkening back to my shoujo roots. You can talk about more shoujo. You're right, Helen. You should talk about more shoujo. Because everyone on the internet's like, people don't talk enough about shoujo, and it's like, listen to our podcast, guys, we're talking about shoujo. Yep. <laughs> Obscure shoujo, too. Okay, I'll stop taking another podcast. I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> Hot take Helen again. I'm blaming my cold. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's take a break, and then we'll be back to talk about Deliciously in Dungeon. Welcome back, everyone. We're now going to be talking about the currently ongoing series Delicious and Dungeon, or um, Dungeon Mishi, literally Dungeon Food, which is writ- both written and drawn by Ryoko Kui, who I don't think has any other works in English out so far. Um, I don't know if this is even their first series in Japan or not. Um, but if it's a first series, it's a heck of a good first series. Uh, so I know how I like to make a joke that literally everything is a food manga these days. But this one kind of fits the joke better than the rest, since it's a story about some adventurers who are going down into this dungeon. Like, it's it's not important why there's a dungeon. You know, that's not really going to play into the plot. And to save hacking space, basically, they're just killing and eating dungeon monsters along the way as they go through the dungeon. And that's basically the plot of the story. It's great. Uh, yeah, that's like the entire thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reason they're doing this is because um, the group was adventuring in the dungeon, you know, trying to find treasure, glory, etc. And they got attacked by a dragon. <laughs> and um, one character, Farron, essentially sacrificed herself so everyone else could get out. And so her brother, Laos, and a couple other members of the party, um, Chilkak and Marcel, are trying to go back down into the dungeon since, in this world, like, some limited forms of resurrection magic exist. So they figure if they can find her and kill the dragon before the dragon fully digests her in about a month, they have a good shot of bringing her back alive. Yes, and then largely, or larger, um, there is, like, some crazy magician that made the dungeon, and if you kill him, you'll get to be the king of the entire dungeon or something. I'm slightly terrified that any of the members of our cast might actually achieve that, because they would all be really bad dungeon masters. (laughs) And pretty quickly on, the three of them are starting to go down, and they run into another character. Oh, shoot, I lost his name. Uh, mm. Senshi. Senshi, yeah. They run to Senshi, who's actually lived in the dungeons. He's a dwarf, and he actually knows how to cook everything in there. So while Laos just kind of wants to try to eat everything, much to everyone's horror, Senshi's like, yeah, I know how to cook that. We're going to cook that right now. I've got a pot on my back, you know. 
I grow some vegetables out of the backs of golems wandering around the fourth floor. We're going to do this. Uh, yeah, there is not much more to talk about in the manga because because it's, there is one very strong through line, which is that they have to save uh, Laos's sister. Is that even how you say it? Might be Laos. I was thinking Laos, like the country, but there is an I in there, so probably not. Laos. I think that's how it's <laughs> uh, Romanized in Kankana. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah, the, the through line is they're trying to save his sister, and then they're just trying to go um, progressively further and further down this dungeon. I don't know what will happen if slash when they save the sister. Um, but until then, this has been a very enjoyable series of just, like, random dungeon adventures. Yeah, it has a lot of running gags, like a running gag that Leos just really wants to try and eat everything, <laughs> and his other um, party members are not so keen on this idea. Like, Chilkak, who's their um, halfling locksmith, he's okay with some of the foods, but other times he's like, no, we are not about to eat this living plate armor, are you crazy? <laughs> and then their uh, uh, spellcaster, who's an elf named Marcel, is just like, no, absolutely no, I'm not eating this. And she has to end up eating it anyway, and usually turns out pretty good. Yeah, she doesn't want to eat any of it. <laughs> She's just kind of squeaked out by all these strange creatures that just don't function the way normal creatures do in all these strange <laughs> plants. So, I mean, do you yeah, want to be think, eating stuff where you don't understand how it works? Yeah, I think that, that she was my she was my favorite um, out of all of the characters. But um, <clears throat> so I've only read through the, the first volume, and it just, I don't know... It doesn't stick with me um, as much as it does for you all. Like I think it's cute and I enjoy it when I when I read it. But beyond that, it just uh, it hasn't really stuck with me. I think uh, some of it is just I I tend not to completely jump into food manga, so maybe that's a large part of it. But uh, it just it just didn't stick with me as much as it did it for you all. I guess. Yeah, I, I like to be the outlier here. <laughs> oh, it's fine. <laughs> I like food manga. I like fantasy manga. And I do mm. wonder if this was inspired a little bit by Log Horizon, since um, Log Horizon, the light novel series, which inspired manga and anime spinoffs, came first. And there's a significant plot point in Log Horizon that the characters have been transported to like a video game world and they can't cook anymore. So there's like a very significant plot point where everyone figures out how to actually cook it again because they do need to eat and it's terrible. <laughs> so I wonder if um, Kui just looked at that and went, wait, I could make it even more involved story around this idea of having to cook in basically a fantasy world. The the food itself is very inventive because uh, they have based all of these monsters off of, like, real creatures, obviously, and then they say, or they, like, inspect what the uh, monsters meat or whatever else looks like, and then they say, oh, this is similar to this thing that we're already familiar with cooking, and then they can extrapolate out what uh, what would be the best way to prepare it from there. So it's pretty creative in how it gets, how they get their meals. Yeah, and there's just a really weird variety of creatures to eat as well, since you've got stuff like man-eating plants, okay? You've got kelpies, you've got golems, which you don't actually eat, you just grow vegetables on them, apparently. You mm. can eat slimes, it's like... Someone's having an awful lot of just thinking of all these creative ways to make the characters eat weird things. Like I mentioned the plate armor and I think there was a ghost at one point they ate and there's definitely living jewelry as well that they eat like bugs, but <laughs> it was a ghost. That was a weird one. I don't think they ate a ghost. 
<laughs> there was something about the holy water and oh, yes, like swinging yes. it around to ward off ghosts, and they got sherbet out of it. Yeah, they. I made... think counts eating a ghost. Yeah, I, I guess. I just liked um, Corey. Have you gotten to the third volume? Yeah, I just read the third volume. I just like that in the third volume we actually find something that Laos doesn't want to eat. He's like, no, I don't want to yeah. eat this giant squid. It tried to kill me. I don't want to eat it. <laughs> well, he's totally fine with eating like command eating plants that tried to eat him. Like it's just the squid is where he draws the line for some reason. <laughs> Then there's the the mimics that uh, crap the halfling. What's his name? Chilkak. Chilkak. Yeah. <laughs> there's the mimics that he doesn't want to eat because he's never had a good experience with mimics. There's the literally everything that Marcel doesn't want to eat because they're all gross. <laughs> and I think she's like very book smart, so mm-hmm. um, she ah, she doesn't funny. want to like veer away from what is known. Unless someone else writes it in a book, and then she'd probably be able to eat all of it. Like every time that she eats something, she just is very sad, and she's like, "It's very good. Why is this very good?" Yeah, and those sections are definitely played for comedy, but I don't feel like they are making Marcel just a walking joke. I-, I feel like she does have a lot of good points to her as well, right. and that in some, and they do balance it with her being both kind of the butt of the jokes, being like, "Oh, this is good after," and also being the point of view character, being like, "Okay, we are not eating this weird one now. No, we are not doing. <laughs> we're not eating the living paintings. Like, let's get out of there. It's not going to work." No demi humans. Yeah, yeah. I think it's good that they split that line, especially since we've seen like ogres are intelligent and have societies, and yep. obviously we do not. We have more than just humans in this cast. Yes. Oh, I did like that Chilkak is, like, 29 or something, and the and Senshi, a dwarf, and Marcio and Elf are like, oh, you're just a baby. He's, <laughs> <laughs> like, 29 or 32, and they're like, you're so young. <laughs> yeah, uh, crap. Marcel, uh, she has a lot of moments, or a couple moments, where she, um is dejected, like she isn't really doing much, like she kind of realizes that she might be the bug of the joke in the group. Like, um, there is uh, Laos, uh, Laos, whatever. Uh, he um, comforts her and says, well, we just want you to save your energy, because if you use all of your energy on these low-level things that we can just deal with with our swords, then um, you're not going to have anything for the later, the later floors where we actually need you, because we can't deal with things alone. Yeah, since the dungeon yeah. definitely focuses a functions a bit like a video game where the farther down they go, the less explored it is and the stronger the creatures are. Mm-hmm. And then well, we did well there was a whole little mini amble by Senshi about how it's all a living ecosystem and how it all needs to be carefully kept in balance. And I really like that kind of world building since I'm always the kind of character who's reading like Tolkien and I'm like, but how are they eating? Do you know how long it takes to get a cook fire going and cook stuff on mm-hmm. it? It takes forever. Like, how does this work? So I kind of like I've got a series for once for that's basically the entire focus. In April, I think I, I agree with you in that uh, this, this manga didn't like really, really capture me until about the third volume, um, mm-hmm. when some other stuff went down that like really added a lot of depth to the character characters. Like one of them eats a parasite and then gets a parasite. Uh, in them because they just like a smaller parasite in them because they just ate a uncooked parasite and then that allows the series <laughs> to walk away from the gungeon for a minute and go into a flashback uh, and really add depth mm-hmm. to to uh, uh, Marcel who the flashback was about. And this is why you need to be really careful when eating raw seafood, kids. Yep. <laughs> I know, like that thing they tell you don't do in the US, don't eat raw seafood. 
two guesses who did it in the group, and your first two don't count. <laughs> yeah, and Wiki says that there's only five volumes of this. I don't, so it doesn't look like it's done, but it doesn't look like we have very long until we're caught up with uh, the Japanese releases. I don't know what the release schedule is for this here, but it doesn't look like we have much longer. It's, it, it probably came out on a regular schedule, but it seems like these first three volumes popped up in bookstores really fast. <laughs> Yeah, that's something I've been noticing, like, in general. I feel like, especially Yen Press and Viz have been releasing their new titles much faster than they used to. Like, it seems mm. like almost every one of Viz's titles now these days is on, like, a two-month release schedule or so, which they used to only do for, like, their long-running Shonen releases that had gotten popular. I've definitely noticed that recently, too, because we did get the first three volumes of this um, within a 12-month calendar year. Okay, yeah, then it with me. Yeah, it makes me think of, this is a little awkward, but it makes me think of, IQ that seems like it went from one or two volumes and now it's got like 18. I'm like, I, just, I feel like the first one just came out. So things are definitely coming out a little bit. Yeah, since the third volume actually came out, I think a month or two ago, I just haven't had a chance to review it yet for the OASG. Um, oh, Justin really likes it a lot. Like when we got the first volume, all the manga goes to him first and then he shuts it out to those of us who do the reviews. And I think he actually took a little longer so he could read the first mm-hmm. volume of this first and then shifted yeah. me. He's like, okay, I'm buying my own copy of this. I love this. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah, and it 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 might be popular because I mean I've popped into uh, well I'm at the bookstore all of the time but um I've seen the first volume in there the first those first three but the the last time that I was in there maybe last weekend that first one is gone in like multiple bookstores that I've gone in and so maybe it, it maybe it's pretty popular yeah it's definitely got some fans on our side of Twitter so mm-hmm. and Kitchen Princess never got an anime but I feel like this series will probably get an anime if there's enough material for it. I don't feel like there's enough material for it right now, and I'm not quite sure how you would pace it, since a lot of the chapters feel kind of short. Um, but I do feel like this one will probably get an anime. I feel like it's interesting enough that some folks have got to be interested in, I bet we can make money off of this. Yeah, yeah I kind of feel the same way. I kind of feel like it's coming. I, I, don't, I don't know if they would know that this early, but... When it got picked up and I saw it, I thought, mm, I feel like an anime's coming for this. And I don't know why I'm basing that off of anything, but I definitely felt this way about this series. Yeah, I just hope they make a lot of pop-up cafes for this in Japan that serve, like, authentic recipes and everything. You know, not just, like, those little pastry, um, like, sugary drinks they serve at most anime yeah. tie-in cafes, but, like, actual things like, yes, this is kelpie meat. No, really, it totally is kelpie meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if uh, if Restaurant to Another World can have an, an anime, then I think Delicious and Gungeon can have an anime. Maybe do the ten minute, uh, ten minutes for each chapter, and then have two chapters per episode. Yeah, I I was kind of bored by Restaurant to Another World, honestly. But I I, I like that there's more reoccurring characters, and the stories are a little more varied in Delicious and Dungeon. Yeah, I felt like Restaurant to Another World had a really basic premise. Well, here the premise is kind of, we're adventuring, and we're eating our way through the adventure. Yeah, Gillishas and Dungeon is definitely more interesting than Restaurant to Another World, in that it ventures <laughs> outward from its one place. Also, if this series doesn't end with them eating that red dragon, I will be so surprised. Because you know as soon as Leos like, gets his sister out of that dragon, he's going to be like, okay, here's how we're chopping up this dragon to eat now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, that was the like the whole premise of uh, them and Sanchi grouping up together is that Sanchi really wanted to eat a red dragon. Well, I think that's about all we can say about this series, aside from it does have recipes in there, except they're with 
non-Earth ingredients, so um, <laughs> your ability to follow them will vary. If anyone does manage to adapt any of them, please let me know, because I want to know what you did. Yeah, maybe Crunchyroll will do one of those series on it. Yeah, only if I got an anime, though, because they don't pay attention to manga that much. Come on, I mean, look at how they basically abandoned their own manga site, so... <laughs> I'm really mad at them for taking real life down, okay? I am very mad about this. Their manga app on iPad is terrible. Like, I can't even log in or log out or read anything. Oh, man, and it used to work, too. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it used to work. Yeah, I'm still mad at them, so anyway. <laughs> if anyone wants to follow us online and hear us talk about manga and possibly have some hot takes on some things, or if anyone wants to see April's stunning conclusion to her reread, where should we find everybody? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Mangiorib. Um I'm there sometimes. Right now I'm screaming about Kitchen and Princess, so you will find me there. Um, and I do um, some editing work um, at the OASG. And I'm on Twitter at ImpassionateK. Um, I do another podcast called the Taiku Podcast, which is also on the website where you find this podcast at taikupodcast.com uh, and I do some manga and other reviews at the Fanga Post. And you can find me on Twitter at Wandering Dreamer. You can find me doing reviews of primarily manga and light novels, occasionally an anime over at the OASG. I'm the co-host of the OASG's podcast and I recently did complete my 12 days of anime, um, of anime blogging over at Narrative Investigations where um, I had some hot takes but I think people liked my post more where I was just yelling about all the digital manga I can't check out from my library because of Kodansha. So <laughs> it was very, it was a very on-brand post, I think. So we'll be back in your feed in two weeks, everybody. See you then. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.